And we're live for another episode of the Freedom Series here. And today we've got special guest Harmi Williams from Wycon Concreting in Geelong, Victoria, who's actually been a client of the Game Changers for the past I think, 18 or so months now. Uh, if you're watching this live from wherever you are around the world, uh, welcome. If you're watching the replay, good, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Uh, we encourage you throughout to post any questions you've got in the comments. My team's going to be monitoring those. So we'd love to get any questions you've got, business related answered on today's show. Harmi, how you doing, buddy? I'm great, Barry. Thank you. I definitely don't look as like I'm in as great a place as you are with what's in the background there. Yeah, I can't complain. And actually, uh, I did I did sneak a little surf in just before. If I go around this way a little bit, you can see my board just drying out. Now, I'm not going to lie. Uh, there's a nice easterly coming in here in Perth and the waves are pumping. Mate, so uh, Melbourne's central, Metro Melbourne's just recently gone back into lockdown, I heard, as of last night. It's funny, we've had two guests on today that are both from Melbourne. Uh, I said in yesterday's show, it's amazing, the guests and the synergies and the way this is all beautifully playing out. How are you feeling yeah, yeah. about that? Um, you know, it's, it's pretty interesting. It's, it's funny because last night was the first sign that today they're putting up you know, it's like they're putting like a custom, they're putting like a uh, border security in on the roads. So people from Melbourne, they're not letting them in to Geelong. Uh, so it's, it's, it, it is interesting times. And obviously, I don't know, I have my views on it. And how do we stop a virus? I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, we can limit it, but at some point it's got to take hold. So, um, you know, I'm glad that I'm in Geelong and that at the moment we have uh, limited exposure. Yeah, yeah. Not locked down. Uh, but, but obviously there is an aspect of being uh, affected as well though, right? Because obviously Melbourne is quite close. Uh, yeah. I think for us... It, it, it's funny, I, I saw a thing this morning from, um, I think it's the president of Indonesia and it says, Corona is like your wife. Initially you try to control it, then you realise you can't and you learn just to live with it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, my, th my sort of theory is I've been saying to the guys around here, I said, we're not in lockdown, but how long is it going to be? Like, is yeah. it going to be two weeks or is it going to be a week? Um, it's just a matter of time before it gets here, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, mate, you run a concrete business uh, there in Geelong, uh, quite successful now. Let's just, for those who haven't met uh, you before and your big heart, how did this all kind of start for you? Concreting or getting involved with the game changes? Uh, no, I guess business in general, concreting. Because um, you're ex-AFL, you're an ex-AFL uh, footy star. Yeah. And for those oh. of you in America, Australian rules football, uh, the oblong shake one, one that you kick off the ground, not the football that you guys call soccer over there. Let's not say I'm an AFL footy star, but I have been on an AFL list and I, you know, I was... You know, right up until my late twenties, sport was something that was what I enjoyed learning in my life. Yeah, you know, and yeah. I, I was very dedicated to the work that was required. Whether I was was I dedicated enough to play at the elitist level at the elite level? No, I was not. I was there. I was capable of being there on the lists, but mm. playing for a long period of time, no, I was not. So, but you know, at, at a point in my career, my father was diagnosed with cancer, and um, you know, I'm very family oriented um, and I wanted to make sure that I was around him and even though it was only in Melbourne mm. uh, felt like I needed to be in Geelong so you know, that mm. was one of the big choices I made in my life and I'll always stand by that um, and from there you know I was always really heavily involved in learning about fitness and performance nutrition and strength and conditioning and so my first natural um, steps was to go into personal training um, and I and I did that for a bit of time, a bit of time, and you know, I'm assuming that I was meant to be a business person my whole life. Growing up. Even as a kid, I used to go knocking on doors. It could have been to do with money or knocking on doors, asking for jobs and stuff like that. But got into personal training and did that for a few years. But then started getting involved in coaching sport and things like that as well because I don't know. I just I, I have this affinity for wanting to help people achieve things and and have um, and really do have this capacity to merge individuals into a team to achieve a goal. Yeah. And, um, and I ended up, I just got out of personal training and fell into concreting with um, someone that I played football with. 
and I loved the physical part of it. You know, a lot of people say to me, geez, it's a tough job, but that's what I loved about it. I needed it yeah. as I transitioned out of training. It's, it's really interesting what you shared there too, because uh, you've got a, a quite, quite an interesting business model, right? Uh, coming from the concrete background uh, or, or in the concreting industry, uh, I wouldn't say that your business operates the way that, that many other concrete businesses do, or many other trades businesses. And the funny thing is, is at the Game Changers, we do do a fair bit of work with tradies. And one, you know, common complaint that we get is like, you can't, yeah, we can't find good staff. We can't find reliable staff. And concreting is one of the few trades industries that doesn't require any form of certification. So therefore, it can attract it can attract um, employees that don't necessarily have the highest skill set. It can attract, right, or the highest degree of education and so forth. Yes. Uh, so therefore, potentially more unreliable than, say, some other trades or some other businesses that require a lot longer certification, a lot more certainty in a career path. But you've managed to kind of take that passion and drive that you have uh, around sport and around team building and implemented that into your business in such a way where you're building a phenomenal culture high retention rate, staff who show up that actually give a shit and produce a very, very high quality work. Like, was that always a, a desire or a dream for you to kind of, I guess, create transformation within your employees? Or is that something that's come along later for you? No, that definitely came along later for me. I think naturally, my dad, my father, um, bless his soul, who died when I was 25, he was, um, he was an incredibly things had to be done perfectly. You know, he was, he was a tradie himself, but even as a kid when he would do work around the home, it used to drive me crazy how perfect things needed to be done. But, you know, he, uh, when I was in 10, 11 and 12, he started buying me models and, you know, and I had to put them together and they had to be perfectly painted and the decals had to be perfect. Really? Yeah, yep. And, um, you know, and I was reading plans. And I'm, 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 that, I'm that dad. I do that with my boys. I'm just going just gonna to say. <laughs> um, and, but I didn't realise until later that those things were a big part of why um, when I came to concreting or even carpentry, it was easy for me to read through plans and follow instructions. Um, and but also accepting uh, poor tradesmanship was just totally unacceptable. Yeah. And I think um, that, was, that has really been the core of the success of our business, the quality of our tradesmanship. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, it wasn't until I uh, went through some steps that actually the, the evolution of the business and, and how we go about looking at employees because really... Uh, prior to the last couple of years, the, it was all, I led the team yeah. and I educated the whole team. And now it's about, well, how, what's the next step? How do we, how do I lead the team? But how do our leaders educate and lead the next generation for us as well? Yeah. And, and however long that may last. Yeah. Yeah. N nicely put. Um, n nicely put. And, and it's a very interesting subject I want to, dive into in a second um before i do if you are watching this live welcome uh so grateful that you're here uh let us know that you're watching give us a little wave or hit the like button uh and also too like would love any questions that you have around building businesses that work without you creating more profitability more fun more fulfillment and so forth as well uh, i'd love to utilize the time that myself and harmony here this afternoon or this morning or this evening wherever you're calling in from um so Culture's an interesting thing. Like I had a phenomenal interview yesterday morning with a guy, Darius, uh, who has got a, a unique story. He's been involved with a lot of businesses. His most recent business um, was a company that, he, that he, they took over. He acquired it with a couple of other business partners, 30-odd uh, employees. They grew it to over 1,000 in a bit over three years' time uh, and exited last year. And when I spoke to him, their first growth rate from, I think it was like 30 to 300 in either 12 months or 18 months. It was, it was less than two years. It was very, very quick. They experienced no growing pains at all. Now, they experienced growing pains, he said, the next 18 months when they grew from 300 to 1,000 employees. But the reason they didn't experience growing pains was around like, culture and more in, in, in particular is around values. I know this is a conversation we've had a lot and I'm curious to kind of understand like where was business at for you a few years ago? Because... When we start talking culture or start talking values, you know, people, uh, I see there's a few schools of thought. 
there's either school of thought of like, oh, that's that's all well and good and it feels good and it's kind of fluffy, fluffy and we maybe need to write our values and stick them on the wall, but it doesn't bring us in money. It doesn't bring us in profitability or revenue. Like, why do we need to worry about it? Let's just go and build funnels or make sales or do more quotes and hustle. Then there's the other school of thoughts, which is kind of like, oh, like we've done our vision, mission, values, um, but it's up in the wall. Don't the team members know it? Right. And then obviously there's the people that understand the seriousness of it and how it honestly is a foundation for building a phenomenal business. Yet it's not bean bags and table tennis tables and a fridge full of Red Bull. Right. And drinks on a Friday night. That's that's not culture. Right. That's not culture. What was culture like for you and your organization a few years ago? Uh, when a few years ago for me, look, when I being on site it made a huge difference. And when I, when I am there cracking the whip all the time, of course, it's totally different. And any business owner will know that. But when you are on site or you're doing the work or you're in there assisting with the work, it's always happening fast. Well, it's always happening faster. Mm. Uh, but for me, like, did, I, didn't, I didn't even know what my values were two years mm. ago before I started with the Game Changers. I knew that I expected things a certain way, but at no point did I sort of uh, realise what I what values mattered to me as a person and how my business was an extension of that. I didn't know, and I hadn't even thought about it um, at that time. So it's been um, compared to now, where uh, on a weekly basis our guys have to nominate other team members who have represented our values. Mm. Um, whatever they might be, uh, the behaviours that stand for that. So then we can reward that and they understand what those behaviours are on a consistent basis. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I remember the story about, um, I can't remember the guy's name, uh, the, the dog where they used to ring the bowl with the, the four. Pavlov. Pavlov. Pavlov's dog and, and you know, train the dog that the, 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 the bowl rings, this food's delivered. Well, you know, later on, they stop putting food, they ring the bowl, the dog still comes. It's like, you know, uh, rewarding staff where, you know, look for times when they're doing the great thing to reward them. Don't look for times they're doing the wrong things to, to score yeah. them. Yeah. You know, you, you start to enforce, like everybody, I believe in our heart of hearts, we want to be doing the right thing. We want to feel like we belong to something. We want to feel fulfilled and passionate and inspired by what we're doing. Yeah. Yet I think people just lack the knowledge of what that actually is or the direction of getting there. And that's where I think leadership through culture development versus leadership through hierarchy and accountability, like often like the questions like, oh, how do I get my staff to be more accountable? It's like, you don't get your staff to be more accountable. Like you show up more in line with your vision, mission and values and watch your staff become self-accountable. Absolutely. But it's a very different flip to, I guess, the traditional business model that's been done a certain way for so long. And in a way that, that I guess we've been brought up through school as well meaning that, you know, we shouldn't be failing. We should be getting things right. You know, media gratification and so forth. Business is a very different game. Yeah, I think that um, with, in any team of, in any team exercise, you're only as good as your weakest link, mm. you know. And um, for, for me, it's always understanding that you've got to constantly have connection with your, like your leaders, the guys who self-coach themselves. Yeah. But those, the middle guys and the ones down the bottom who change the performance so much by an improvement in theirs, you know, if you can help focus on them and, you know, often particularly in concreting. So in concreting in Victoria, there is no, there's no certification or no regulations. Right? There are in other parts of Australia, which is amazing. And I know that Victoria aren't far away from tracking towards that, you know, in the next 12 months um, or 18 months, I know that that's, we're moving towards that requirement, which mm. I love that. That's exciting for me because yeah. then it makes it real for everyone and yeah. everyone's got to stand up for what standards, the standards should be. Um, mm. But, you know, if we can get, um, you know, if we can get 10% improvement out or 20% out of our bottom guy in a short period of time, in the long run, you know, we're so, there's so much going on in our business at the moment because, um, ever since I've been involved with the Game Changers, m the idea of what my business offers has changed radically. You know, uh, prior to going to the Game Changers two years ago, 
I hadn't even thought about what I was going to be doing when I was 65. But when it struck me that I may still be concreting, it became really clear, holy crap, do I really want this to be this? Um, and again, like I love concrete. I love what it does. It's, it is physically tough and I love that about it. But it takes good skill to do something well in anything that you do. So if in an unregulated space in Victoria, if I can get someone in and anyone in the bottom tier of a team anywhere in any sport or any business, confidence is a massive issue. Mm. Self-esteem, confidence, self-belief, all of those things. So if we can create a pathway to help them build confidence through competent, confidence through competency mm. and A, we're supporting them to grow that way and B, that we're ticking that off and they're gaining that belief in themselves that they add value in their contribution, then mm. um, I can only see the benefit in the long run as hard as it might be trying to uh, execute that now. Yeah. And, and that's to me where I see there's a big shortfall is, you know, the entrepreneur gets into business or starts their business often, there's a few reasons, but often, you know, they're involved, they're in the hustle and grind, they want to work hard and they get the reward. Yet that same attitude mentality that, that gets you started is actually your Achilles heel when you go to scale and grow, right? You, you can't be at that million dollar mark, the 1.2, the 1.5 and still be grinding. You can, but you're, you're massively limiting the growth opportunities of the business because you're not leveraging the assets you've created within your people and within your team. And this is why I guess, like regardless of where you're at, vision, mission, and value should be the first thing you think about going into business. Now, it's not something that's set and forget. You create them and then it's like they don't change. You know, your vision, mission, values are constantly being updated, but, but they form the foundation and that pillar that everything else builds off. From there, we can set our goals. We can be clear of well, what goals we're setting because they underpin, you know, they're, they're underpinned to our mission and to our ultimate vision. From our goals, we can start creating teams and an organizational chart to start to align to achieve those goals. We can start to create position descriptions with KPIs to ensure that we're on track to achieve those goals. And then we can start to systematize that and put automation in place so we can start to scale more profitably without just throwing more men or more women at, at the problems or the challenges or the, the, the thing, which is what I see many business owners do. It's like, we're busy, let's just go and hire more staff. Yet there's so many inefficiencies, there's lack of profitability because they haven't gone and set the foundational thing up right. But it's something that we're not taught. It's like we're taught, we're taught as being employees, which you know most people don't leave high school and become an entrepreneur, right? They go through some sort of employment. And employment teaches us that we need to go and work hard to make money. The more work we do, the more money we get. We do extra hours, we get extra money. But that's not, that's not, a, that's not a successful mentality for running a business. Absolutely not. Right, that's, that's, that's a mindset that's cause for disaster. Um, we have a couple of questions here I wanna to jump to, to now as well. If you're joining us live, welcome. Uh, so grateful to have you here on this Freedom Series episode. We're speaking to the amazing Harmony Williams, who's been a, uh, a good friend and a client of ours now for, for about 18 months. A phenomenal leader within the community at the Game Changers as well. Just an all round amazing dude from Geelong in Melbourne. Yacht. Uh, Sam from Melbourne, Harmi, for sure knows the current situations of other SMEs in the area. What advice has he got for other businesses that want to go against the tide and do better despite most times of crisis? What's he actually asking there? What advice have you got for other businesses that want to go against the tide and do better despite the time of crisis? It's an interesting question because what tide are we going against? I, I guess the... It's a good point to put, Sam. Thank you so much for your question. Appreciate it. Would love some clarity. Uh, you still watching too? Is he? Is Sam asking? Because obviously, is he asking? Because our at the moment our industry is really challenged. I believe that. Yeah. And there's a lot of undercutting and no regulation. So in, I think at the moment it's a really challenging time. Like the next twelve months is going to be super challenging. But you just have to be diligent to stay true and make sure that you keep, I believe that right now the critical part of any business to maintain its strength through this time, especially in the concreting industry when change is not far away, is to be super connected with your network and your, and your clients mm. and your people. 
I think yeah. you need to maintain connection there. Don't be disconnected and try and find like networks. Yeah. People who are on the same path trying to achieve what something that connects with you. And if that yeah. is raising the bar and the expectation in the industry as a whole, then yeah. that's what I believe. And, and, and go back and check out Jurius's uh, episode from yesterday as well, because you know he, he was sharing that we're in the, the start of a downward trend. Uh, but the beautiful thing is, and I agree with what he shared as well, like now we're going to see who the true, true leaders are in business. You know, like it is unfortunate that over the next year or a couple of years, there's going to be a lot of people that lose businesses, that, that, that go broke, uh, that don't survive this. That's life. You know, like life and death is part of, of this human existence that we have. But we are the ones that are, to a degree, like we are 100% in, uh, in control of the choices we make. I don't think we're in control of our life, but we are in control of the choices we make. Yeah. And we have the ability right now to raise as leaders. But, but that doesn't happen through throwing a shitload of money in marketing or in sales. That comes from creating a fucking amazing culture in your organization because an amazing culture is magnetic. People are drawn to want to work with companies that have a vibe right that, are, that have a vibe and that are alive and i think that we're going to see and as Juris mentioned yesterday as well we're going to see a huge shift where you know a lot of companies that we see as big companies companies will fail to exist anymore because they haven't focused in the right area which is on their network which is on building their people and and you share how that things are things are tough times but i also know that you guys are busier than you've ever been as well and you've got a ton of work coming in yeah. and you don't you don't have a website unless something's changed in the last six months but you don't have a website you're not <laughs> running you're not, you're not running any paid advertising right it's all organic but it's all based on who you guys are as an organization and and like anyone watching this right now like tell me that i'm sure there's coffee shops and there's cafes and stuff that you go to where the coffee's not necessarily the best and the food's not necessarily the best but you go there because the service is outstanding because they know you, because you feel like you belong there and you keep going back there, even though you know you can possibly get cheaper coffee or cheaper food somewhere else. You go there because of the vibe, because of the feeling. You know, people do business with people. Yeah, I think, and we, we get some really good feedback. You know, we have customers and supervisors that we work with who have really, you know, they know that we have people who are growing. We don't expect amazing trades, we don't expect amazing leadership. But when they do something, you know, they do something outstanding, they feed it back to us because they want our guys to know that. And one of the really great feedbacks... They're, we're they're, on, the, they're on the journey, Hummy. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. There's not this separation between, like, supplier and contractor. Like, they're actively... They're playing an active role in your business. Absolutely. They're providing feedback. You're welcoming and taking aboard the feedback. You're calibrating based on the feedback. They're yes. noticing the change. There's a momentum in the relationship. Absolutely. And it's really our guys. Look, we get a lot of feedback about all of the guys on our team and their respect to the people that we work with. And that's a really, really important one. And you know, aggression, I can't say I'm perfect all the time. <laughs> because I get frustrated at some things, especially if it is something that is really important to us that has uh, has failed us when it's been asked for multiple times. But I am really articulate and understand that it, everyone fails and yeah, it is yeah. a process to get something achieved. And yeah. if we can help someone be better next time, then that's good. But we, we hope that all of our employees have the ability to communicate with our customers or their clients um, uh, at a level that not necessarily the same as me, but in a way that's respectful and that client walks away thinking, oh yeah, well, at least they know what they're doing or they're good people. It's good that they're doing it for us. Yeah. 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 Re relationships are fundamental. So to kind of circle back to Sam's question, first, first of all, um, you know, be clear like around why you might want to go against the tide. Um, like I'm, I'm all for zigging when everyone else is zagging, but for what purpose? Like you need to understand why you're making a decision because even a smaller shift in, in business can significantly affect the momentum that's behind you. And often in business, you know, we, we do a lot of preparation, do a lot of planting, but it takes a while for us to, uh, you know, receive the fruits of our labor as well. And it's like, if you ever see that picture on Facebook or, or online on socials where, you know, there's two people with pickaxes 
and one stops and you can see this goal just like a pick past the goal the other guy kind of keeps going to find it i, I, I like it, it's a funny meme but it's so true like so many people go 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 and they stop just before they're about to re receive the, the fruits of their labor but I, I can't agree enough around what you said i think that now more than ever is a time to build relationships had an amazing guest on uh this morning mary who you know, is a coach and all around personal branding and so forth. And it's a similar thing. Like she was sharing with me that their core market is, is on LinkedIn. She does a ton of business, all organic, but she's very, very niche specific in who she is and what she's after and who she serves. And she makes a stand for that. And, and, and again, she's busier than ever in this period of time, because, you know, the beautiful thing is that when there is so much uncertainty in the environment, in uh, the pandemic, in the global financial crisis, what's going on, People are craving for certainty. So if you can stand up as a leader and actually be certain in who you are and what you're about, have, have your team on the same wavelength as well, people are attracted to that. Absolutely. And I want to yeah. just go back to Sam as well. Look, going against the grain, I, I am an upstream person, 100%. Like I am an outside the box thinker. How can it be done better? Why is it like that? Or every single time, Everywhere I go, everything that I look at, is that being done as well as it can be? How can it be done better? And one of the things, and I don't know what Sam does, but concrete is an interesting game, right? There's a lot of great people in it. There's a lot of great people in concreting, and there's a lot of not great people in concreting, probably more in Victoria. Mm. Right? But, and, and that's okay. But there is a really clear perception of what a concreter is. In, in globally, globally, people have, a, and particularly in Australia, if you tell someone you're a concreter, eyes go down, oh uh, yeah, you're one of those, start drinking at two o'clock, blah, 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 you know. Um, but, I'm 30 if I'm lucky. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the reality is, is the things that, the decisions that we have to make and the things that we have to achieve in a day is beyond the comprehension. Of and a you're up at 3am in the morning, 4am in the morning, 5am right. in the morning. That's right. Um, is beyond comprehension. And one of the first goals I ever wrote down, and it, you know, I am not a goal setter. I am not. Mm. I've never been, never been good at that. It's been heart, North Star driven. Yeah. Um, follow what my heart says and just keep going that way. But one of the first things I ever wrote down was I want to change the perception of a concreter. Mm. That was one of the first things that I wrote down and that's going to be, that, that will always be hard, but it will come. Yeah. It'll come and, uh, and I'll get it done because, you know, we, we serve a critical role and we do it as well as anyone if we're allowed to. Yeah. And, and yeah. the history of the, and the history of what concreting is is obviously still defines us a little bit. Well, we your need workload, to change that culture. We need to change that culture. Yeah, your workload, your clientele and, and your culture is testament too to the amazing work that you guys are doing. And I guess I'd like to, to switch things up just like half a degree. And I want to talk about hiring as well because it's something that I you know speak uh, a fair bit about in my book, The Path to Freedom. So you know, I've spoken a bit about vision, mission and values. That's great we go through goal setting we go through organizational chart position descriptions kpis um and then we talk a lot about hiring because i just see so many business owners that struggle to hire good employees and you know the amount of new clients we get on board that are like oh you can't find good staff anywhere and we teach them our way of hiring staff and then like uh, angus thurston comes to mind who owns like a carpentry business yes and you know the guy took on board our methodology and finds killer talent time and time again for his trades business in Sydney. You know, when, when people around him are like, oh, there's no good carpenters around here. Like you can't, all the good ones work for themselves. Like it's all bullshit. It's, it's all belief systems that we have yeah. uh, that prevent us from scaling and growing our business because we want to, I guess, control things in some way. Um, if you're watching, welcome. Uh, glad to have you here. Please hit the like button. Let us know you're watching. Post your comments or questions in there for Harmony and myself. Love to get them answered for you as well. Uh, really would love to know too, like what are you getting from today's conversation? It'd be really cool to, to hear some feedback from you guys as well. Harmony, like the way that you've hired staff changed a lot. And I know that a huge turning point was when you first hired your integrator. Um, and for those that, that haven't read the book, uh, Rocket Fuel, I highly recommend it. Uh, talks about the dynamic between integrator and visionary. 
I spoke to, to, to Sammy Ye yesterday uh, on the live stream. We spoke about that. I had my integrator on last week, Heather Disha. We spoke yeah. about that. Very, very crucial role and was a game changer for you. Talk me through, like, I guess, how that has impacted your business and your life, having that person now that essentially is running the show for you uh, and, and freeing you from that kind of role operationally. Well, you know, prior, probably prior to the game changes, I hadn't thought outside of, I hadn't thought about outside of running our operations beyond me or automating anything at all. I just used to do everything mm. and it was tiring, tiring, you know, four, 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 30 in the morning till 10 or 11 at night. Most days, most days until I'd crash. And then, um, you know, and then I'd forced vacation. A few days, yeah, that's right. Two weeks off, sleep for the first week. Yeah. For the second, back to work. Yeah. Um, but so having, like prior to going to the game changes, it was like, okay, we need to get someone, uh, need to get someone to come to site. So someone would say, oh, I know somebody who's looking for a job. I'd say, yeah, okay, let's give them a day. And, you know, it was always verbal competence. And, you know, the last time I did a presentation, I spoke a lot about hiring for competence and firing on character. Mm. You know, and that's a big part of sort of our development plan coming up is just making sure that competence and our character aligns uh, in our industry and, and represents what our clients want. Um, but we then, so our process of, you know, hiring now is that no one, no one is actually going to get in the door without having a face-to-face going through going through the whole process of assessment. You know, when we hired Tom, he actually had to do like a task. He had a task to do before he came to the uh, interview uh, as an estimator. And then when he came in, he had to present that. We had five or six and he was the first one. And he came in and I knew immediately that he'd be the one because of, <laughs> in terms of detail, I'd been doing it for years, but he went into way more detail than me and I said, mate, I'm happy to have you on board. You've gone way too far. At least I can scale you back into yeah. where we needed to be. Yeah. Um, and then obviously you start looking for particular skill sets to help you achieve what you want to do. And that was when I first had the conversation with Anita and then we went through the process of um, interviewing her and her skill sets and her experience in building processes and systems and back end and, um, you know, management of operations. And that was, that's been a really big step for me because there was so much that we wanted to go forward with the business and it never went forward. Mm. It just always stayed in the same place. Mm. And, you know, one of the big things for me is about the, the few, the, one of the big goals for our business in the future is profit sharing or equity sharing um, or, or a stake in our performance with our employees. And, you know, I've been talking about that since 2012 and uh, it went, it took no steps and went nowhere until we got Anita on board. And literally since then we're, you know, we've taken giant steps in terms of getting uh, coaching guidance with trying to nail it and get it in the right place. Um, and also much more in depth of knowing our numbers and our financial, you know, our financial plan for the next 12 months and even longer uh, and growth, growth modeling and all of those sort of things. So, we uh, and Anita is the one who gets it all done. Yeah, I'm the one who comes up with it. I do the. I stay focused on one thing and keep it rolling in that direction, digging where I can. But when it comes to getting all the nuts and bolts screwed up, mm. uh, I'm not very good at nuts and bolts. I'm pretty good at putting it all together, but the nuts and bolts things where Anita's got to screw it down. Yeah, which is which is why too, like your business prior to to hiring those those roles, and I guess. Um, doing some stuff that we went through had had kind of hit that bit of a glass ceiling as well because you know there's only so much you could do and there was a lot that you were doing that weren't wasn't in the realm of your skill set I'm, I'm curious to know we had a couple of questions coming through we'll get to those in a second uh, if you've got any last questions guys please put them in the chat below um, how's your mindset shifted around like your belief in being able to find good stuff now, now as a result of you know I guess going through this process learning the hiring thing that we teach you know, looking back to how maybe you thought about hiring staff two years ago and what you went through to kind of now, how's your mindset shifted, do you think, around your belief in being able to find good people and bring on good people and so forth? Oh, totally 180 degree. 
180. Prior to, I mean, for me, it was just getting the job done. Like if I was on site, I need someone to help me get the job done. And it didn't matter skills or not. I just needed someone who I could educate and, and get them to help me. And it was easy for me to teach them and get them to do what I need them to do. But it's a different book now. Uh, uh, when any of our, anyone comes in to talk with us, we're really clear about what our values are and what our mission is and what we expect from them. And, um, and I know that all the guys who've come in with uh, the new guys that we've picked up in the last 12 months, they, they, they're not real. They're a bit unsure. They're a bit, what is this place? Especially in the concreting industry and just finding it, uh, challenging to understand after the experiences I've had previously. Yeah. Um, but I don't, you know, I think the whole industry is a week to week thing. And yeah. um, I'm, I want these guys to understand that they've got to look at their life beyond because it's not going to be a long one in this game. So what vehicle can we give them to get a long way down the road? Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that. Like, I guess a call out to any entrepreneurs that are watching this today that have maybe had battles with finding or hiring the right stuff in the past. Um, you know, when when I started writing the book, I wanted to, like, I, I think a lot of people when they write books, they, they write books, but then you walk away with probably just as many questions you had when you started it. They're just different questions. And for me, because a big part of the book was around building business that works without you, I went through and had my team create like a, an, an SOP, a how-to to implement each chapter. And so when we go into hiring, we've actually created an SOP of how to hire and we give you the scripts, we give you the questions, we give you the whole entire process that we actually use at the Game Changers to hire our team members. And we teach to you guys as well. So, you know, if staff uh, has been an issue for you guys in the past, uh, click on the link below, put your details in, we'll pick up date when we release the book. I think we're doing a pre-release uh, this Sunday, the 12th, and then officially on the 3rd of August, which is exciting. But I wanted to make it as easy as possible so business owners could, could, could buy the book um, and literally have everything, the templates, they've just got to put the things in place. Uh, no, 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 no guessing. And, and not just like my recommendation would be to not just buy a book for yourself, but buy one for your team. You know, like Harmi, the reason that, that you guys are so successful and, and our clients that follow the same methodology is because they bring their team on board the journey. They educate them about vision, mission, values, systems, goal setting. Like you guys run open book yeah. Uh, philosophy in your business we do too like my staff can ask me anything about any part of the business numbers profitability and it's open book um so my recommendation is not just to, to get this for yourself but to, to get a copy as well give to your staff and and go through and it's like okay this this week we're all going to read the vision chapter and then next week's meeting we're going to discuss what do we what do we learn what do we get out of it um and take them on the journey with you because i think that as helen keller said like alone we can do so little but together we can do so much like bring your team on the journey because you'll never build a business that works without you on your own. And this is why most business owners get to a point and get stuck because they're trying to do it on their own. And that's what, I, that's what I love about team. Yeah. Like team requires, you've got to be team requires a lot of strength and resilience. It really does. And it actually also requires tough exterior. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's going to be a lot of stuff that goes on, but you know, if, they really, I think um, I've said it before, but one of the great things, um, you know, I use as what it was a thing that I read from Richard Branson was, you know, we want to teach our staff to be able to run their own business. That's what we, we want them to be able to be a tradesman who can have his own business, but we want to create a model that means they don't want to leave. Yeah. And that's, yeah, it's, it's, it's like, like train, train them so well, um, you know, train them so well, so they can leave, treat them so well, so they stay. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. love that. And I'm going to put a call out too for you, Harmi. Um, like, I guess if there's any concreters watching this that are in the, the Victorian area that maybe are looking for, for, for a company to work with that's, that's inspired, that's tapped in and turned on, um, hit Harmi at Wirecon Concreting Up as well. I'm sure there's always an opening for amazing staff. Um, we're going to go to Tom's question from Sydney just before we wrap things up today as well. Uh, it's a tough question. Uh, if it's okay to ask, would Harmi say that his business is recession-proof? I mean, uh, he's not too reliant on the property market just in case. I wouldn't say that. Uh, can I say that? Can anyone say they're recession-proof? 
Yeah, my, my, I'd say I don't think any business is recession proof, but I think that my mindset's recession proof. I think for, for me personally, and I hope this doesn't sound arrogant, but regardless of what the market does, I know that I can always do well. Yeah, I don't believe, I don't believe that if a certain market of our business um, recedes, that it's going to stop me from being able to do what I want to do. That's right. And, and that's the difference. Like a particular model or product or aspect of the business is not recession proof, but to the right mindset, an entrepreneur will always find opportunity in, in any situation. Yeah. And yeah. I, I don't, success, is, success isn't something that I see as attainable or unattainable. I just know it's going to happen. Yeah. Like that, that's just the way that I am. Yeah. I'm, everything that I do is a learning and, and the faster I do it and fail it, the more that I learn. Or every time I lose, however I see it, it's yeah. a quicker way to the path. Yeah. And yeah, as you said, resilience is so important as an entrepreneur. I remember a mentor said to me very early on, they said, do you want to succeed twice as fast? Because I was like super impatient, super ambitious. They're like, just fail twice as quickly. Yeah. You know, and, and it took it honestly, it took me a while to realize this relationship between, you know, like failing actually equals succeeding. Like the only time I believe you truly fail is when you stop, when you stop yeah. trying. But as long as like you're learning stuff along the way, you're moving forwards. Like you might not be at your goal, you might not be at your dream lifestyle yet, but as long as you keep moving towards it every single day, even if some days you got to pick yourself up off the floor and crawl, you will eventually get there. And I guess that's the biggest thing is developing that resilience as, as an entrepreneur to be willing to get punched in the face and get back up again. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, you know this Barry, but in, in our third year of business, you know, we had our most expensive ever lesson. Absolutely. Yeah. And it was, and it was not a, and it wasn't a quick one either. It was a yeah. long, slow, painful one. Which, which, which nearly, which nearly defeated you too. Like that, 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 put, that was just before we met. That pushed us to the edge, and uh, through the support of your wife and your family and those around you, um, you, you, you mustered up enough, I guess, stamina and courage to step back in again. And and that was when we, that was when we met. Yeah, well, there was it was a few years before that, but it was a long painless time where I was super cautious and I was like, why am I doing this? Do I really want to? And like I said to you before, I ended up doing a trip to Kokoda, which was a great experience for me because it was such an awesome physical experience. And it just made me think, what am I doing? Like, I've just got to, I've got to put my head on the line and go out and do it. We d we just had an awesome comment come in from Mark. It's just <laughs> like like I'm I'm actually I don't think you can see I'm tearing up with inspiration. Mark, thank you so much for your comment. Uh, I'm not going to share it with Harmy. No, just joking. Just, joking. Um, just a testament. Like I love when this happens. So Mark said, after going through Harmy's interview process, in my 20 years of concreting, he's the first business owner that I've worked for that has a mission statement. His vision for the industry and employees is why I joined his team. Like, I, got, I got fucking shivers on my arm reading that because that's a testament, dude, of who you are and who you stand for. And I'm I'm so grateful for who you are for us and for our community, the game changers and for your, for your family, for your tribe, dude, like that there, like fucking pat yourself on the back. <laughs> that that's, that's what you're doing this for. Do you well, know what I mean? I'll tell you something about Mark. Cause I'm assuming that's Mark. He's working with that's Mark. Yeah. Right? But the Mark was uh, the thing that I loved about Mark is he came to me and he was pretty honest. Like he was brought, he's been defeated by the monster that concrete is. You can yeah. see the sign on the back, on the back there. It's pretty much reflective of back pain, sore knees, broken heart. <laughs> um, I thought that was a bad relationship breakup. I thought that was yeah. like your... <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, the thing that I loved about Mark is like he, he wants to learn about youth, you know, youth support. Mm. That's where he's going. And, you know, like immediately I had a connection there because... I love supporting people who need support. Um, yeah. That's what I love doing. I love yeah. doing, helping people who need help. And I love guiding people to see things that they can't see yet. Yeah. Yeah. Mate, I, I, I love that. You're such an incredible human being. Uh, for the viewers and listeners out there, uh, I'd love if you can support us and support. I think Harmy's just got a heart of gold. And I think that if more business owners operated from the same place, the world would be a better place. Uh, and employees would be a lot happier going to work um, as well. So hit the share button, start a watch party, uh, bring others in on the conversation. 
Uh, please keep the comments going even after we, we, we switch off the live as well. We're more than happy to come back and answer them. Hani, have you got to ask or anything you'd, you'd like to kind of share before we wrap up? I've got, I've got one final small question, but uh, anything you'd like to... I've got something I'd love to share, right? Yeah. In my time, like, I love joining the Game Changers. I knew the original, uh, the original sale, you know, I was, I was actually in Kokoda when I got the call from, um, um, from Jack to oh, tell okay, me, yeah, oh, yeah, listen, yeah. I've given you a number. Are you happy if I give you a number away? Um, and, you know, the first thing I knew is that I wanted to go to the intensive. Right? I love the intensive. I love the energy of the intensives. I was, I was, I was a train wreck afterwards because there's so much energy and that's what, and it's super tough. Like having the um, online ones, it's so different because the thing that I, the thing that I love feeling is the energy of everyone and sharing mine. Um, but in my evolution since TJC, it's been a huge wake up and I learn things every week and I learn things every quarter at, at, at the intensives, but I meet some amazing people too. And my really my connection originally with TGC at that first intensive was with you and your story. Right. And I've, I love the, I've loved the chance to get to know you and actually be able to talk to you when I need to talk to someone about my crazy life. And, um, but you know, relative to my business, the, the, the TGC model, what it's done is it's allowed my brain to expand to, visions of what my business will look like um beyond you know anything that i thought it would and um just i just want to put it out there so people understand what the vision for my business is right now mm -hmm. they get it for what it is um so we are a concreting company right that's what it is and um our we believe that our we will grow and diversify in the industry but we need to get our culture down and how we run our business and how our employees want to stay engaged. Um, but we're developing like a graduate program because there's no training in Victoria. There is a Cert 3, but it's not mandatory. We're building like a, a training plan into our business, like a concrete as graduate program. So uh, it might go over four years, just like any um, trade. Um, and we want to give, we believe that someone who is ambitious enough can go from, uh, uh, they can, I, can, I believe they can be running a team under our model within four years and in eight years running their own business, uh, mm. making really sound decisions. Um, but we want to give them the opportunity to, we want to give them the opportunity to develop their competence and their skill levels, develop their maximum earning capacity and then through my um, experiences with you, add in some education outside of that. So they learn to leverage their money they're making because they often make good money and it's a, you know, it's a job for guys. That's a job for those 20 year olds and going into their thirties. Like it's the lifespan of a concreter isn't a long one. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I believe that if they go hard, like 15 to 20 years is the maximum. Um, well, that is fair and reasonable, but we want to teach our guys to, get to five years, then develop, be able to earn enough money that they learn how to leverage their money and then use other people that we've met to start investing money that they're making to make more, whether it's in property and set themselves up. And, you know, we've got someone in the team at TGC who started investing in property at 26 and retired at 37. I think he's on, I think he's on later today. He's on today tomorrow. Is he, George? Yeah, he is, he is. Yeah. Uh, which will be awesome, and if anyone gets the chance to listen to him, listen. Yeah, he's uh, he's up he's up this afternoon at uh, six five Perth time, eight forty five Eastern Standard Time here in Australia. So you know, George is he's been great learning for me, and I know that he's been uh, good for you. But if we can get someone into our team, you know, we actually I'll say it right here: we are looking for people. Right? We are we want people who want to come into a pilot program where we want to get them to start with us and we want to retire them in 15 years. And George keeps telling me, don't tell them you want to retire them because then they're gone. And I said, well, it doesn't matter because I just want someone, I want, we want people who want to come in and they want to follow that path. And then when they can retire, they can invest their time into stuff that is going to express their full, you know, sure. appreciation for life, but also maybe give a bit back to us if we can. 
Love it, Harmy. Love your vision. If you love Harmy's vision, uh, hit the love button below. Last quick question before we wrap things up. Um, mate, if you were to give advice to the 10-year-old version of you based on all that you know now and everything you've been through, what would you say to little Harmy? Don't get sucked in to having to work, go to work your whole life. Pick your, know what you want to do in your life and work out how to support it. Love that. Love that. Harmy, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, thank you so much for, for coming on thank everything you, you do. Uh, thank you everyone who's joining us live. Uh, put any further comments below, hit the love or the like button and uh, look forward to seeing the next one in a few hours time with George, who we just spoke about, who uh, helps people retire through property and other amazing wealth generating strategies. Harmy, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Barry. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Game Changers podcast. Uh, there's a couple of things I'd love you to do to help us and help yourself to spread the message further. Uh, make sure that you like the Game Changers on Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube, Twitter, LinkedIn. Uh, please subscribe by clicking the link below to ensure that you keep up to date with the weekly episodes we uh, share here at the Game Changers podcast with amazing entrepreneurs and business owners around the world. And of course, like if you're in a position where you may be overwhelmed with business or looking for a way to grow faster and more effectively, and you realize that the key to success is being surrounded by amazing people who have been there and done that before, I'd like to invite you to apply to have a game plan session one-on-one -on -one with one of my team here at The Game Changers. There's no cost if you get through. Uh, all that we ask is that you are doing a minimum of $250,000 per year to really be able to utilize the strategies and tactics and the mindset shifts that we share with you, uh, that you're coachable, that you're a decent person and you're, you know, you're willing to take on board some advice. If not, that's totally cool. Uh, but I know for me, I wouldn't be where I'm right now without the support of so many mentors and coaches and resources along the way. And I'd like to pay that forward and give back to you the opportunity to work with uh, us one-on-one -on -one for free to put together a customized game plan. And the reason we're doing this is a couple of things. Number one is that sometimes it's just the smallest thing that can make the biggest difference. And uh, I think that entrepreneurs and business owners have the opportunity to change the world. And if we can maybe help you to, to make the smallest shift to change your life and your world, uh, you're changing ours in return. The second thing is that we are always looking for amazing clients to work with and to welcome into and invite into the Game Changers community. And so if at the end of the call, you do feel that there's a huge amount of value there, uh, that we fit, feel that there's a great value fit there, we can have a conversation about working together. But uh, this game plan call, there's absolutely no obligations to work with whatsoever. Allow us to help you with uh, the years and years and years of, of knowledge that we have in growing and scaling great companies. Companies. And uh, I think that uh, business owners are the future of the world. If there's a way that we can help you to create a better business, more profit, more fulfillment, more fun, I would love the opportunity to do that now. So click the link below, book your game plan session, make sure you follow us on social and start to date with the latest episodes of the Game Changers podcast. My name's Barry William McGinnity. Thank you so much for your support and look forward to seeing the next one. Bye for now.